All right. Monday, August 21st. Good morning. It's good to see you once again. Thanks for coming on back to the Damon Bruce Show here on the Plus, baby. I almost said exclusively, but I don't want to get into that habit, and I got to get out of that habit even if I were into it, because beginning in September, this show will also be streaming on AMP, which is the Amazon Prime app, which is pretty darn cool. It's going to let us do a, a post-game show for every show where we can play some music and actually talk to each other, and that is beginning in September. Looking forward to all that, and man, I am looking forward to football season getting here, and what do we know? Today is YouTube show number 97, by the way. We'll have a very special guest on Thursday for show number 100, none other than Mrs. Plus herself. Jillian will be joining me for the entirety of a show. And we're going to be updating you on what's going on and where we're going. And uh, unfortunately, Ray, who was the big plan for the big 100th show, couldn't make it. So uh, needless to say, a more lovely understudy there has never been than Mrs. Plus, who will be joining us on Thursday. But today is show number 97. And look, I'm just throwing this out to the universe. Nick Bosa, where's number 97? Let's get that done. Right, let's get that done. It is officially time to get that done. Just putting that out there. The Steelers are uh, showing up on the schedule in 21 days. We are three weeks away from the football for real. You're going to want Nick Bosa in. I saw Tom Pelissero on the Rich Eisen show basically said, look, both sides continue to talk with a mutual goal of getting this thing done before the start of the regular season. Yeah, I would hope so. Uh, his fines are all rescindable, so it's not like holding out is going to cost him anything. And again, holding him out to this point um, is probably good for his body, good for business. He's not someone who needs a lot of preseason anything. Nick Bosa comes in in better shape than most people will ever be in their entire lives. So there's no concern. But you do want some banging around on a football field for a couple of weeks before you start doing it for real. You cannot simulate NFL impact. So let's get him out there. Uh, Pelissero goes on to say there's no reason that he shouldn't be a very, very, very rich man prior to the start of the season. Again, I don't know if you're going to want to go north of Aaron Donald's annual average value. If I were an NFL player, I wouldn't care about anything other than guaranteed dollars. That's it. Make sure Nick Bosa's contract comes with the most guaranteed dollars to ever be guaranteed to a defensive player. And somewhere in that neighborhood, there is a deal to be struck. So get it done. This is the week to get it done. Uh, you know, when I was speaking with Larry Kruger last week about when it might get done, he offered up, you know, this is the kind of deal that they maybe even announced during the middle of this 49ers Broncos game, which was Saturday night. Well, that didn't happen. So get it done. What did happen on Saturday night, and boy, I, I really hope those of you who are in the age bracket to appreciate Today's thumbnail, a little threes company. You had three quarterbacks right there on the threes company living room set. I mean, I, I again, I'm, I'm new with the thumbnail game. I thought that that was a pretty good one on my part. I was I was impressed by myself. I hope you were, too. Um, look. All three quarterbacks played well on Saturday. It really was like the worst case scenario for all your morning talk shows and everyone who's got to kill time by creating drama where there really isn't one. 
I mean, come on, man. The all three quarterbacks played well. What Kyle Shanahan wanted to see from all three, I think he saw from all three. Everyone should be really happy. They need to stop rooting for their own horse in the race and just start rooting for the 49ers if you're a fan. And let me tell you, having three guys that can play the position is a really good thing for the 49ers to have. Um, I thought that there was one throw out there Purdy might have let go, but he didn't. But still, he was mechanical in his uh, his execution, which is a good thing. I'm not using that as a bad term. Uh, he was fantastic. The, the 49ers looked a little bit of an offensive machine out there with Purdy just making all the smart right plays to the easily open, easily fed p- player that, that picks up yards after the fact. So Purdy looked good. And then Sam Darnold came out there, and even though he was efficient, he wasn't putting together sustained drives, and so Shanahan wanted to see more. In the only real surprise of the actual Broncos game, Sam Darnold not only came in for Purdy right away after one series, he stayed out there longer than most I think assumed certainly more than what team Lance wanted to see. And you could feel uh, by the middle of that third quarter, the internet just ginning up all sorts of where is Trey Lance questions and anger. And this is ridiculous. And why is Darnold getting so much run? Well, there's a reason why Darnold's getting an awful lot of run because he's, he's pretty good. I mean, it's just that simple. He is experienced. He has more NFL experience than uh, both of the guys that are in his quarterback room. He's got more experience than Purdy, much less Trey Lance. And I think that more than anything else, Kyle Shanahan trusts him to not make the mistake. It's weird. When you approach a game plan for a backup quarterback, you're more interested in reducing mistakes than increasing opportunities for excellence. And I just think that, that Sam Darnold reduces an opportunity for mistakes in a way that Trey Lance can't be presumed to. And that is not a strike against Trey Lance. You know, you can't sneeze at experience. Or you can't necessarily underestimate inexperience, I guess would be another kind of way to say it. Um, Purdy, he looked good. Darnold looked good, engineered a scoring drive. And then Trey Lance, after... A whole bunch of people were upset that he wasn't getting the lion's share of the work in the second half. He actually threw more passes than the other two quarterbacks, and he engineered two scoring drives to essentially nearly tie the game, but for that goofy two-point conversion, which was Brandon Ayuk's fault. It was happening from the 17-yard line. Uh, Ran out on the field to celebrate in street clothes. Can't do that. And then he engineers the game-winning field goal, and Trey Lance looked good at the end of the game. Now, there were two passes officially that I'm sure he wished he could have had back, could have been interception, but weren't, didn't didn't happen. Um, Not much to complain about for the, I just want to complain about everything I see with the 49ers crowd on a Monday morning. Uh, There were certainly other players that flashed a little bit on Saturday night, a few others who didn't, and we're going to go through them here in a little bit, but uh, really good night for the 49ers, all things considered, and it was basically somewhat an injury-free game, and we'll get into the details of that in just a moment, but uh, here's to you. Good to have you back here on a Monday. Not yet. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I, I saw some some uh, over-unders on the sip of the day. You got to stop going public with your sip of the day over-unders. You need to start a little group me if you're really wagering on these things. I was close, though. Oh, I'm getting we're getting teases. We're getting teases. Some, I'm, I'm, I'm okie-doking people out there in the chat. Still unofficial. Still unofficial. Uh, let me tell you what is official, though. I, I really mean this. And I here's something I've never said out loud in my life, much less into a microphone for other people to consume. I had a fantastic vegetarian sandwich over the weekend. My man Ike has the Florin and the Arrow, his two new specialty sandwiches. Now, the Arrow is a Wagyu pastrami sandwich, which is outstanding and does all the things you would want a Wagyu pastrami sandwich from Ike's to do. Mostly be delicious uh, while you're eating it. The Florin, which is an all-vegetarian option, has a level of beyond meat on this thing, which I swear to God eating it individually, picking it out of the sandwich and just trying it, you would have had me fooled. You really would have. And nobody is a bigger, I don't like vegetarian food snob than me. It is the best vegetarian sandwich I have ever had. And if he didn't tell people it wasn't real meat, I don't know if anyone would have glommed on to that, that it was a vegetarian sandwich. It was outstanding. Get yourself to Ike's. Whatever sandwich you want to get while the premium sandwiches are up there uh, for a limited time only, I suggest you try them. And I can't believe this. Try the vegetarian option. This bulgogi, not beef, florin is spectacular. It really is. It, it's great. I, I feel like I need to like reboot the system here, but it's the truth. Uh, thanks so much to our friends at Blackened. I certainly enjoyed a little of that over the weekend after doing the first 49er postgame show that I've done in a decade almost. Went upstairs, chin-chinned, and celebrated a little bit, and it was fun. Nice response from the audience. I uh, had several hundred people in there watching at any particular time, and uh, we're, we're, we're very, very happy with the audience that we are building and growing over here, and I thank you for all of that. So a little cheers and blackened whiskey for all of you. And then, of course, if you are in the mood for a burger, you get yourself to the inner Richmond. You get yourself to Uncle Boy's bouncing back from a break-in just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, take care of your neighbors. If you live in San Francisco in the inner rich, go to Uncle Boy's. Get yourself a great burger, the lumpia, the onion rings. You will be happy, happy that you did. Again, you could feel Team Lance getting angry but then a lack of opportunity to play later or earlier in the game gave Trey Lance the chance to put on the Superman cape and win the game for the 49ers. Like it all worked out really, really well. And as the old saying goes, don't count the reps, just make the reps count. How many times do you think Kyle Shanahan leaves Levi Stadium thrilled with everything he saw, right? He pretty much had to be thrilled with everything he saw from his three quarterbacks in that game. And I don't know if there was any evidence that means anyone leapfrogged in front of anyone or fell back of anyone in terms of quarterbacking depth chart, but it was a good night of football. It was a good night of football from what is lining up to be a, a pretty good football team. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt. No doubt about that. Um, 
Purdy, his starting cameo, went really, really well. He had Debo and Ayuk out there. We didn't see Christian McCaffrey. We didn't see George Kittle in this game. But Brock started with a bootleg to the left. He just ran off the corner, and what do you know? Here comes Debo, little catch and run for 25 yards. He rolls right on his second play. That was an incomplete pass. A screen to Debo, who gets some real nice downfield blocking from Brindle and Juwan Jennings. And what do you know? There's a four. 14-yard game, then Jawan Jennings with a nice catch for a first down. Ty Davis-Price, again, didn't do very much, but I like him as a running back. He missed a block, though, that gave up a purdy sack when they got down to, hey, let's score a touchdown time, and they didn't. But, man, Purdy to Ayuk on that slant that got the 49ers down to the two-yard line, it, it looked good. It really good. He executed four or five for 65 yards. All four of Purdy's completed passes were for a first down, and a 10-play, 69-yard drive is how his night began and ended quickly. Kyle had seen enough, and if you were in the stands, you were just really happy what you saw. Here's a guy who know, knows this offense is built around a quarterback just executing the play. It's not built around the necessity of a quarterback being excellent and superior and the best player on the field. It, it, it's not that offense. That's never the offense that Kyle has run. Just execute what's given to you. And Brock Purdy does that, and he does it well. He does it with a plum. He's a yes-chef starting quarterback, which is why Kyle likes him. He just wants someone to fill the order, fill the bill out. And we saw Purdy do just that. Again, Sam Darnold showed us a little bit. We knew that he had a big arm. He definitely, he's got one. Um, Shanahan trusts him. He just trusts the guy, I think. Um, he, he trusts him with what he needs his quarterback to see. And this is where Trey Lance is still failing himself a little bit. He doesn't see everything on the field that Kyle needs his quarterback to see. You know, there are wide open receivers that the minute they're open, you've got to get that ball out. And he's got a little paralysis by analysis, does Trey Lance, which is okay. Um, he also at times thinks, man, I got to make a play. Like I'm fighting for my own spot on this team, my own professional reputation. So Trey Lance gets a little, I don't want to say loose or irresponsible with the ball, but he's out there forcing a few things that maybe Darnold and Purdy aren't. But he looked good. Again, he looked good. And I'll say this about Darnold. He moves well for a guy who doesn't have a reputation of really moving well. And when you heard in the broadcast that he's got, what, 13, 14 career rushing touchdowns, it's all right, okay. Um other players who really flashed in the game, who looked good in the game, we got to start with Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell looked really good, and I kept on calling him Debo Light, and sure enough, Dave Lombardi came out with a story just late last night or early this morning where he said that Debo Samuel has really taken Ronnie Bell under his wing. The rookie calls it a big brother relationship. Well, there is an awful lot of looking like, smelling like, playing like Debo Samuel going on with, with Ronnie Bell. He did get a ball punched out on him. The Niners recovered that. Can't do that. He did let an interception go straight through his hands and off his helmet. Doink. And that was the interception that Sam Darnold threw. It was really more on Ronnie Bell than it was the quarterback. But man, Ronnie Bell uh, 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 acquitted himself well. 
in preseason game number two, which is good for him because life is timing. And the timing of Danny Gray's injury opens up more of a possibility for Ronnie Bell to be on this team. Not that there was a possibility that he wouldn't be on this team, but maybe, you know, you never know. You, you can get lost in the sauce unless you really stand out. He had a standout game. He also played well in a game where very few 49ers played well in Las Vegas. So that was good news for Ronnie Bell. Danny Gray is now out multiple weeks. Bad news for Danny Gray. Good news for Ronnie Bell. Danny Gray hurt his shoulder. The good news is it's not a broken collarbone as they originally feared. So he's going to miss a few weeks. Meanwhile, Ray Ray, Ray Ray McLeod's wrist surgery is not helping him return anytime soon. More opportunity for Ronnie Bell. Deshaun Jameson muffed a punt on Saturday. He had a good game as a corner. Not necessarily great. Again, this could be more opportunity for Ronnie Bell to put his hands on the ball and see what he can do. The guy runs with some stink on him. <laughs> he really did. He looked good. He looked really, really good. <sighs> That's the sip of the day. That There it is officially right there. Right out of the Ike's mug again. Still living dangerously with the uncapped mug. Look at us. We're nuts over here. Other guys who stood out and looked good in the game, for sure. Um, D. Winters and Jalen Graham are two young middle-of-the-field linebackers who, who look good. I mean, not that you want to see a world where Fred Warner or anyone who's important gets injured, but, man, they got depth at linebacker, and this isn't even counting Marcelino McCrary-Ball, who continues to to look good and play well. Um they got to be happy with what they're seeing out of this defense. And again, the defense can't even really flash its teeth right now because Nick Bose is not out there and he is such a, a game changer. Um, Jalen Moore, Nick Zakel, John Feliciano, Jason Pope, and Matt Pryor. Let's step it up, boys. I don't know anything more to tell you. D there are times when you start thinking about this team's offensive line. If you're looking for a place to put your worries, it, it would be there. It would be there. One or two injuries can change this team's offensive line chemistry quickly. You could say that about any NFL room. And as, again, Larry Kruger pointed out, you're not rotating in backup offensive linemen the way that you rotate in backup defensive linemen. So it's not that much of a concern, but it could become one. Again, you start getting into your depth chart. That's when coaches begin to worry. You can go one or two players into your offensive line depth chart. After that, it's going to be time to worry. Russell Wilson. Dude, Russell Wilson. God bless him. Every single time that guy is about to be counted out, he sees a 49er uniform and he has a great game, right? I mean, Russell Wilson, there are certain players, they just see another uniform and it brings out the best in them. He, he still gives the 49ers fits. He was very limited last season. When he sees the 49ers, he turns into Mr. Unlimited. It, it's something else. Uh, he, knowing when to pull the ball down and run, knowing when to make the play, knowing when to hit the open guy in the flat. Like, this guy just carves 49ers defenses up. He really does. So, Russell Wilson uh, already 
looking and playing better under Sean Payton than he did under Nathaniel Hackett at any point in time last season. Something to keep an eye on there. Back to the Niners, Jake Moody missed a point after touchdown, hit a couple field goals. Again, those points after touchdowns, getting guys in between their ears in a way that I don't even think the NFL could have really expected it. Yeah, there's you know it it it's like any shot on a pool table when there's more felt it looks to be harder but really it's the same shot. It's the same shot. It's a straight in the middle of the field just kick it between the uprights field goal that would be normally good from the 3-yard line as it is the 15-yard line but it, it messes with guys. It messes with guys and Jake Moody for his game-winning field goal. Let's face it, if that thing had been backed up a few more yards, I don't know if it doesn't flirt with going directly over to outside the upright, which means if it's over the upright, it's good. But it goes outside, and that's up to referee interpretation. Uh, He might have missed that. So it would be good to see Jake Moody getting his kicks a little bit more kicked well, shall we just say, because it really feels like he is going to be uh, this team's kicker, unless we see Gonzalez come on in and get the nod in the 11th hour, which when you draft a guy as high as they did, who's a kicker, you really don't want that to happen. Defensively, again, hard to measure what's going on out there defensively because Nick Bosa is not part of it and the starters are not all out there. Ambry Thomas had a good night before he had a bad night as a corner. He got burnt on a double move, but man, Jair Brown saved the bacon and the final of the game by making a tackle at the two-yard line, which could have been a touchdown, wasn't a touchdown, and the Niners win by less than a touchdown. So Jair Brown continues to represent himself well through two preseason games and that's all you're looking for is young players to flash the way that Ronnie Bell flashed Jair Brown is flashing out there I like him an awful lot we saw uh, Javon Hargrave and man what a two-man twist game he's going to be able to play with Nick Bosa when Bosa is signed and out there for the first time in Nick Bosa's career there's going to be another guy to consider double teaming which just opens up Nick Bosa to wreak havoc. Or if Nick Bosa's double-teamed, man, all of a sudden, Hargrave, uh, Eric Armstead, Drake Jackson, when you're out there, you boys should be feasting. T.Y. McGill had a good game. Every time I look up, T.Y. McGill's having a, a decent game with the 49ers. Another success story from Chris Kasurik, their defensive line coach. So... Lots going on. Lots going on with the Niners, and an awful lot of it went well. Um, They got to be happy. They got to be happy with that game. Again, Deshaun Jameson, that muff punt, Denver recovery, that wasn't very good. Let's get it together. We got the final dress rehearsal on Friday, August 25th. The Chargers wrapping up the preseason at 7 o'clock. So it is a uh, the last week of... Getting everybody ready to play. Again, get Nick Bosa in. He doesn't have to play on Friday night. He shouldn't. You don't expose that guy to meaningless snaps. The same guy you're not, same way you're not exposing Trent Williams to meaningless snaps. But get him in, get him popping, get him around his team, get him talking with Hargrave, get get Steve Wilkes the chance to look at his player and go, what have I really got to work with here? He's going to be blown away by his athleticism. There's just, there is no doubt. 
We got, uh, oh man, there's already an awful lot, awful lot of uh, 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 chat going on here. Awful, awful. We, we, we got some Club Plusin to get into in just a little bit. But some other NFL news for you. Uh, since we're talking preseason, uh, tonight, one of the more curious, what does it really mean? I don't know. It is impressive, yet at the same time, it's all unimpressive, All like because it doesn't matter. But the Baltimore Ravens have won an NFL record 24 straight preseason games in a row. They're looking for number 25 as they wrap up Monday Night Football with the Commanders this evening. Uh, zero preseason losses for the last Harbaugh remaining in the NFL since 2015. That's, I mean, explain that. Riddle me that, Batman. How does that, how does that make any sense at all? What does it mean? Nothing. Yet at the same time, it's impressive. Let's be totally honest. Uh, doing anything 24 times in a row in professional football is hard to do. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, if you are a Raiders fan, all I'm telling you is that there is a quarterback to push Jimmy Garoppolo already on your roster. I saw some of the highlights and the decisions that he made. Aiden O'Connell, this rookie from Purdue. Ugh. But look, he, dude. 163 yards and two touchdowns as Vegas won at the Rams over the weekend. He he looks good enough to have Raiders fans saying, why are we sinking a year that probably isn't going that far anyway? Again, this is talking about the Raiders fans who don't assume that they're about to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of every year. So, you know, you all know who you are. Raiders fans can be quite untethered to reality on a team that probably isn't going anywhere significantly this year. Wouldn't it be smarter to get Aiden O'Connell, some NFL real action under his belt than just throw away a disposable year on Jimmy Garoppolo? Again, poor Jimmy. He's always in this situation, is he not? He always finds himself in the, yeah, I might be the best option now, but looking at where the team is, am I really the best option because you should be developing, not looking for results right here and right now? Uh, the, it's, it's the balance beam that NFL teams fall off of all the time, right? Anyways, this is fun, isn't it? We're getting closer and closer to... Again, look, it was great. It was great to do a little post-game, get my post-game legs underneath me again. We'll be going live this Friday at the uh, conclusion of 49ers and Chargers in the last preseason game we have to pay any attention to. Thank the Lord. Thank God. We're almost done with that, right? Uh, want to talk a little bit about Joe Mixon. And I'm not here to relitigate Joe Mixon's life or the punch that saw his draft stock drop after he hit that woman in Oklahoma. You know, I I don't want to talk about what he did. 
other than the fact that he was just found not guilty in an aggravated menacing case. And a story on ESPN says that Bengals running back Joe Mixon is declining to speak with reporters in his first practice after being found not guilty. Mixon declined to speak with reporters. Then he announced that he would be boycotting questions from... Sports Illustrated, the Cincinnati Inquirer, Pro Football Network, and ESPN. So, who's left? You know, it's not 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 a lot of outlets that Joe Mixon will be talking to. He feels that he is he's been done wrong, and the coverage about him has been uh, biased and assumed that he was definitely presumed guilty until proven innocent, and and he's not happy now. I don't know if Joe Mixon has led a life where he wants to start playing the let's have morality game. I, I Look, he's a very good football player. He's a very good running back. He has in his life demonstrated some certainly ungentlemanly traits, shall we just say. You can look it all up yourself. Joe Mixon says it's not happening citing behavior that he deemed disrespectful by these outlets. And he's got the right to feel that way. When asked what the disrespect was, I guess he said the one thing that he said was, you know who you are or you you know how I've been disrespected as he retreated into the team's training room. He returned later to one of the team's ping pong tables a few minutes later. And I guess was playing ping pong. Look, Are there guys who get slighted by a less professional than before media? No doubt. No doubt. Is there an ability to cut media just out of your equation when it comes to speaking directly with fans thanks to social media, podcasts, and all that stuff, YouTube? Yes, there is. But if I were... Called by Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon today calls Damon Bruce to get a little advice how to handle this whole media situation. My advice would be don't boycott talking to the media because it's just a battle that you really can't win even if you're winning it. Even if you're winning it. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea for his own image where he looks very standoffish and at times petty and, you know, like he he carries grudges. And look, he might have a legitimate grudge to carry. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But I can tell you it's bad for getting people in your tent. And that's what the media does. They bring people into your tent to consume stories about you. And those stories can either be landed in a negative fashion, which Joe Mixon obviously feels has been the the reason why he's distrustful. Um, It can also bring people into your tent in a positive fashion. And Joe Mixon probably looking for a little good publicity, again, to do good publicity for yourself, it doesn't land nearly as much as a third party saying, this is what happened, this is good. Beyond all that, you touch the football. And guys who touch the football are those that the media wants to talk to, which means by you not talking to the media, you're putting more of the media attention that you deem negative 
on to your teammates. To be a better teammate, you should just stand up and deal with the media. You don't have to be overly verbose. You should call people who you think have wronged you out personally. You don't need to be Mr. Nice Guy suck up to the media. Give them the old what for. Tell them what you really think. But to just say, I'm not talking, like I'm taking my ball and going home, to me, it's never a good look. It's never a good look. So, Joe Mixon, if you call me, I got different advice than you've been given. Take it or leave it. Do whatever you feel comfortable with. A uh, little bit of baseball. The San Francisco Giants might have picked up a game against the Atlanta Braves, but boy, they did not look good even doing that. Uh, it's not just whether you're winning or losing, it's how you're playing. And now that the Giants are in the toothiest part of their entire year, they're not playing particularly well. Uh, they are being dwarfed in terms of what a real contender looks like by the Braves, by the Rays. Here come the Philadelphia Phillies. 3.40 this afternoon, Scott Alexander is going to open the game, but it's Tuesday's game that I think you have to circle with a bit more interest if you are a San Francisco Giants fan because that is when Kyle Harrison is scheduled to make his Major League debut. Kyle Harrison is finally going to report to the bigs, and we're going to see what this much-ballyhooed minor leaguer finally looks like standing on the mound of a major league team. So here we go. Uh, the Giants have almost no levers available left to get them out of their offensive funk. The pitching funk uh, will be a bit more hopefully relieved by Kyle Harrison, what he is asked to do, how many pitches he is asked to actually throw. Are there, is there a world where he might see a fifth inning? Like we'll, we'll find it all out tomorrow, but uh, very interested in watching him and his debut. Unfortunately for the giants is more interesting than the way the giants have been comporting themselves lately. Uh, you could tell that they were getting a little bit desperate by bringing in Duvall for uh, a two-inning save yesterday. They didn't want to get swept in Atlanta. They did avoid a date with Broomhilda, so congrats to them. Did you see the number two pencil baseball bat? That number two pencil baseball bat looked fantastic. Uh, Bryson Stott of the Phillies in a little league classic game, the 25 year old in a back to school spirit went with a bat that looked like the tip of a number two pencil from a racer to the green metal thing that holds the eraser onto the pencil all the way down to the bat handle, which looked like the lead in a pencil. It looked fantastic. It looked fantastic. And it was allowed because it was part of the festivities surrounding the little league world series. Uh, that bat was made by a Pennsylvania-based bat company, Victus. It did look like a number two pencil. I showed it to Jillian today. She's like, that's awesome. Let me tell you, Major League Baseball, custom design bats, do it. Allow it. Let somebody go up there with a bat with a flame job on it. Let somebody go up there with wh whatever they want on their bat. Again, it's your bat. As long as it doesn't violate any sort of uh, decency or sponsorship arrangements, guide, let, let players show some personality 
in their custom-designed bats. It's a great idea. Major League Baseball, you can't play the, well, that can't happen because of tradition card. You can't. You can't anymore. You, you've sold off all your tradition by allowing all these patches all over your uniforms. I don't want to hear a word about how this can't happen. Not a word from the league. Get custom-designed bats out there. I love it. They looked awesome. They looked awesome. Can't play the, well, traditional look is what we're going for. It's either got to be wood or black, and that's it. This number two pencil bat was the most interesting thing that happened in Major League Baseball over the weekend. Let players have fun. Again, there's a generation that might say, you know, if you hit a home run, you're supposed to act like you've been there before, enough with the staring, enough with the looking, enough with the bat flips. How about this? Maybe less guys will be flipping bats if they got custom paint jobs they don't want scratched. This is a killing two birds with one stone, everyone wins scenario to me. Ah, good cup of coffee today, really is. Look, I, I love baseball, but man, the Giants are going cold at the wrong time. Maybe another young player infusing some life into the team is exactly what the doctor ordered. We'll see what Kyle Harrison does tomorrow, but it's not the best of times for the San Francisco Giants. Saw this story on front office sports before we get into Club Plus. Stanford has told the ACC that it wants in and will take a deal to join the conference without payment? What? Like Stanford's got money like that? First of all, if Stanford is comfortable by sending its student-athletes to the Atlantic coast to play conference games, the whole illusion of making a student's life based around academics before athletics is, is gone and lost forever. If Stanford is willing to say, yeah, you got conference games on the East Coast, go get them, Tiger. Forget about your tests. Forget about your studies. Forget about your worries. Uh, that would be quite a moment, I, I think. Uh, Rick Sertella writes a story saying that uh, Stanford has reportedly told California, Oregon State, and Washington State that it's informed the ACC it would be open to joining the conference with potentially no media rights payout for multiple years, according to the Associated Press. ESPN is paying the ACC $240 million per year through 2036 and uh, doesn't have to up its spend if the conference adds schools, although it could agree to do so. The current 14 members would likely want a promise of more media revenue if it were to expand. So, okay, Stanford. Uh, surprised. And, and when it comes to preserving tradition between Stanford and Cal, Obviously, Stanford does not is, isn't very worried about that. Uh, Apple had a final offer to the Pac-12, but that didn't go through. And now the Pac-12 remains with four schools. Brett McMurphy, who does a great job covering college sports, says that he just heard from Washington State President Kirk Schultz and Kirk Schultz says Washington State has three options. Join the AAC or rebuild the Pac-12 
or join the Mountain West. The third option would be sort of the reconstitute or rebuild of the Pac-12, and I'll say the Pac-X right now. There are four members, but that could change literally in any hour. So I think with each of those, we're pursuing a parallel pathway. We want to evaluate what is going to be best for Washington State University. And, man, I would just give him the advice that I would give any college chancellor right now. Do what's best for you and your students and your your campus. It is There is no come along with me. I know the way we're going to go through this loyalty together anymore. Like it's all dead. All loyalty amongst conference realignment is dead, gone, never coming back. Do whatever is best for you. Uh, saw that Apple might be interested in purchasing ESPN. Apple would get rights to the NFL, the NBA, the WNBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, UFC, and the PGA Tour, Tennis Grand Slams, Formula One, and college football's Big 12 and SEC conferences, plus ESPN's first two Super Bowls after the 26 and 2030 seasons. All I can tell you is that, folks, it is obvious the direction the entire world is pointing in. That's why every day I don't return to radio and come down here and do a show on the Internet. It feels better and better to me by the day. Feels like the only decision that would make any sense because this is where the entire world is going. Streaming YouTube, streaming Apple, streaming Netflix, streaming, streaming, streaming. It's all going there. And if this really were to happen, obviously Apple, which has money hand over fist, could afford to do the deal. Number two, it would turn Apple into the worldwide sports leader almost immediately. And those who didn't subscribe to Apple, which is a lot of people, if you're a sports fan, boom, you're signing up for it instantly. Pretty fascinating. Pretty, pretty fascinating. We are living in interesting media times. Let me tell you, I can, I can attest to that. So look, I don't know if there are any more interesting times in the media than when we get into Club Plus. So let's go there. Let's get there. I hope I haven't missed anything. I hope I haven't missed any uh, uh, super chatting or uh, Rob C dropping C notes. You got to let me know because I'm, I, 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 I want to thank everyone for all of the incredible support you guys continue to give each and every day here. And let me remind you once again, you get the show live on YouTube Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. You can download that show in podcast form anywhere you get your podcasts starting this Friday. Well, it actually just started Saturday, but this Friday, post-game and Damon is officially a reality as we're back doing post-game after every single 49ers game. So join me live on YouTube right when the two-minute warning is happening. I think that's when we're going to go live. We're going to beat everybody to the punch. There will be some nights when we're just looking for the clock to wind down. There will be some nights where, oh my God, we're, we're, we're still playing football and deep in a game with the two-minute warning. So it should be fun going through all that together. And uh, the September 1st relaunch, baby. Rob C, I had eleven seventeen a few days ago. Are we still? We're really betting on on sips of the day. Huh. Again, this freaking audience is incredible. Um, it grows. We're going to be streaming on Amps come September first. We're going to be able to take calls through the Amp app. 
and we're going to be able to chat together. It's going to be an awful lot of fun. New things are happening all around us. Plus, ooh, wait until you see the new graphics that we got getting. Well, I mean, dude, it's it, things are happening. Things are happening, and we're really privileged to have you along for the ride. So many of you, boy, hit that like button. I'll never feel good saying that, but hit the like button. It's good for the algorithm. It's good for the people. And uh, please subscribe. If you are watching right now and you're not subscribing, I would deeply appreciate you subscribing today. Right now, you hit the notifications and you don't miss anything. I mean, you can ignore it whenever you want to. I understand you all got lives to live and you can't just like, oh, Damon, new video. I got to watch that right away. You'll just know when it happens. So, you know, there's something waiting for you at the end of the day or the next time you, I don't know, go to the bathroom. Is that when most people check their phone? I don't know. I don't know. I... I bring my phone to the bathroom. It's the new newspaper. Thank you very much for tuning in today. We're about to get into Club Plus right here on the Damon Bruce Show. On Damon Bruce Plus. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Thank you for joining me for post-game. Wherever you are consuming me, I deeply thank you for doing so. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone.